so this is Once on This Island or Making Up for Lost Time, uh, a lo- a one episode lost retrospective pod uh, with one longtime lost fan and one real newbie uh, recapping a series. And it, we are just narrowly missing the 10 year anniversary of the finale. It just happened. Uh, like last weekend, uh, and in our typical fashion, we were gonna miss it by a few weeks. Um, yeah, no, it was re- we- it was fun because there was a point during my Lost rewatch where I could tell from me and you discussing Lost, Kevin, that Lost was more on your mind because Lost started showing up a lot of my Twitter feed, uh, and I reached the point where I caught up with the big and like surpassed the big Lost rewatch that was leading up to that finale. Yeah, absolutely. And I I love that you finished Lost around the right time to be at the 10th anniversary of the finale. I am, of course, uh, TV's Kevin Lanigan, the uh, longtime Lost fan. Watched it when it was on and loved it. And, of course, on the mic is uh, uh, my uh, good buddy. Yeah, I'm Jacob. I'll go by Kelly Harold Online. And I am the new fan of Lost who, for the first time like two months ago decided I'll go ahead and try out lost and marathoned it inside of like that period. Uh, I, uh, admire that you, I think you did it. What in like 34 days? Uh, I um, think I was a little, sh- like a little bit over. Yeah. 30 days. Like I was almost like I was at least a season a week. My big slowdown happened in season five where I just wasn't that into it. And I added on like a little bit of extra time there, but like other than that, like I was I was breezing through. Yeah, you were you were flying, and every time you said oh, I'm gonna slow down, I'm gonna slow down, uh, you then in fact did not slow down. I believe I after I finished season one and tweeted my like initial thoughts, I said I'm gonna take a break for a little bit, and I think three days later I was tweeting my thoughts at the end of season two. Yes. Um, I think yes, that's exactly. how it went down. Yes. Um, you, you, uh, you were an unstoppable lost machine. You were the first person I've ever been able to convince to watch lost for the first time. And I didn't even really like convince you. You just decided you were going to do this one day. I mean, um, actually you did convince me, um, yes. indirectly. It was something you retweeted or liked. So it showed up my feed of someone else tweeting like, I would give anything to watch Lost again for the first time. Oh and my I was God, and I seen that in my feed. I was like, I'll let someone live vicariously through me. I can go ahead and give it a go. My original plan was to make it a whole series though, where I was going to watch the series Lost and like review it, but the kick was I was going to watch it in a language I do not speak. And it was gonna be called Lost in Translation as I tried putting together the show Lost without any audio cues. Um, sadly, that did not work out um, since when I went to Hulu, uh, Lost was only available in English. And Googling uh, Lost translated into Spanish, it was Lost ever released in Spanish. It gave me the literal translation for the fran- phrase, was Lost released in Spanish? In Spanish. Uh, which is an incredible joke by the Google platform. That is an exceptional <laughs> bit, and I admire their commitment to it. So yeah, in about 34 days, you know, depending on how you 
you stack it, you watched 121 episodes of Lost, which I think... Now, I know a lot of people are pretty accustomed to this point of binging entire shows and then going like, yeah, it was okay. Uh, But I think to watch that many episodes in that span of time is a pretty good mark for the show that I, I think you largely enjoyed yourself, right? I did, yeah. With Again, with the exception of season five, and even season five, I wasn't a fan of. It's not like I hated the experience of watching it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I got super into Lost. Like, I postponed at least three different social gatherings because I was almost done with an episode and i told my friends like hey i'm running a little bit behind we're running a little bit behind this is the one where i find out why locks in a wheelchair i'm just i'll be right there i'll be right there but yeah no it was a great ride uh i i have notes i have some notes oh i mean indefinitely (laughs) you know that is the no no television show is perfect and even those you know now that we do 10 to 13 episodes a season even those shows like have their off episodes, have, you know, are are spinning their wheels a little bit. And Lost, the first season has 25 episodes, the second season has 24, and then 23. There's a lot of the television show Lost, and it can't all be winners. It just can't. Yeah, and I will say, I think Lost has made me a stronger binger. I think I'm better at binging shows now that I've watched Lost that way. I, I, I've grown because I was not used – like, when I first did season one, it was like, man, I'm not able to binge this. It's so much episode. Like, I think it's 45 – like, 45 minutes average for, like, an episode uh, and 25 episodes. It really does, like, around episode 15, I was like, ooh, this is season one, and I am not making the time I usually do. <laughs> Because you are halfway through the season, uh, yeah. and and you've elapsed almost 15 hours of your actual life. Yeah. Right. Now, to be fair, that was still, like, less than a week into watching Lost, so maybe I should give myself a little bit of slack, but I'm used to binging, like, slice-of-life anime. I'm used to binging cartoons. I'm used to 11-minute segments and calling myself done. Right. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I understand. This is, I, and anytime someone has asked me, like, Kevin, should I start watching Lost? My answer is usually, yes, but it cannot be binged. And you, of course, have proven me wrong and destroyed my scientific experiment. But I would say, for most people, the ideal watching experience of Lost is like, you know, oh, do three episodes a week, pace yourself, there's a lot of it, and it's not meant to be, like forcefully consumed very quickly uh it's 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 there's so much of it uh and it's and it's meant you just take it at your own pace and whatever you're interested watch a bunch if you feel yourself waning a little bit pull back is generally my advice lost is like a bag of potato chips the correct way of consuming it is a little over a long period however but if you allow yourself You'll want to keep shoving those chips in your mouth. You're not supposed to. It's very unhealthy. But you'll sit down and you could... It's a show worthy of eating 16 servings of sodium, basically. Yeah, I think so. Uh, So you... 
uh, on the whole, obviously you have notes, but on the whole, you're coming out of the Lost watching experience positively. Am I feeling your tone correctly? That is a fair assessment. I enjoyed my experience with Lost. I would consider myself a Lost fan. I don't think it's going to be something I revisit anytime soon. It's so hard to revisit. There's so much. (laughs) But it's something that now, like, if someone's like, oh, man, I love this episode of Lost, I'll be like, awesome. I'm going to sit down and have an enjoyable conversation in this moment rather than my usual thing when people talk about something I haven't seen of like, oh, well, that's fun. I'm going to be on my phone. Don't let me interrupt. Uh Uh-huh. Right. You can now, uh, now you, uh, I believe in our previous discussion when you were starting Lost, uh, cited that you don't know that many people that were into it or had no, seen No, no. I knew one person in high school, um, but as many people who are longtime listeners of your shows know that I was a victim of brainwashing and being part of the cult that is known as the show Heroes. Um... <laughs> I had this whole, like, oh, no, I already got my show. Your show sucks. I have heroes. By the way, John, if you're listening, I'm sorry. You were right. Um, (laughs) Lost was the good. Well, Heroes is interesting because by the time Heroes comes around as Lost Season 3 is starting. And so at this point, Lost is still at the top of the world. It's this huge international hit. It's it's a it's a tremendously reviewed and well-watched piece of television despite being very weird and unlike anything else truly that would come before or after but all networks start looking for what is our lost what are we going to do that is going to be as popular as lost and NBC uh, their answer to it was essentially heroes. And they brought that in. It, they borrowed a ton of the producers and directors and writers and a few of the on-screen talent that they had also, been on Lost. They also almost went one for one when it came to character tropes. Yes, they almost borrow exactly the same number of archetypes uh, and and just modify them slightly so as to not be recognizable. You and I had a discussion about this, and Heroes has, like, one or two characters that are unlike characters on Lost. Lost has a couple characters that are unique to them, but in a lot of ways, Heroes feels like it is really trying to ride the coattails of Lost. Yeah, and as someone, you know what? I don't want to talk about the bad show heroes. I want to talk about the good show Lost. We have spent enough uh, time talking about the bad show heroes. You and I together have spent yeah. far too much time discussing the bad show heroes. I will say, like, I I did tier lists on Twitter of all my thoughts on various different characters throughout the show. Uh, consistently, the highest ranking characters for me uh, were Sawyer, Sun, and Jin. Great characters, like, great characters all. I think the lowest ranking any of them ever ended up with was, I think, Jin got B one season. Yeah, he, he has some rough seasons. Sun and Jin are very strange because they will they will have these, like, big, 
bright plot points, and then we will barely see them for ten episodes, and then they'll have another, like, big explosive plot point. I I Uh, will say this, because I never got to be part of all the fan theory discussion and things like that, uh, and I didn't—I looked for this to see if it was ever confirmed by. I couldn't see anything. I'm fairly certain that it was Sun who pushed the person she was having the affair without the window. Oh, okay. So, this is, yes, a piece of speculation. Um, whether, uh, oh, what's his name? I couldn't tell you. But the the man uh, she is having yeah. an affair with, um, whether he jumped or whether Sun is in the apartment when Jin uh, brutalizes him on an unrelated uh, uh, charge and whether she then pushes him off the balcony. The... The explanation offered by the show, like or by the jumped. people that made it, is that he jumped. Yes, he he committed suicide. It was not their intent uh, intent to leave that open to interpretation. But you know, listening to a creator after the fact can only go so far. It's it's what looking did you, you actually put? What'd you say? I said looking at you, Rowling. J.K. Rowling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, she didn't intend the goblins to come off how they do. However, they do, unfortunately. And and that is, um, yeah, and you can only talk so much about how the wizards evaporate their own poop uh, before we just stop listening to anything you have to say. But, okay, so I want to know, you're, you, so you said you had your favorite those three are sort of your holy trinity of lost characters. I, I had a lot of characters that ranked hot. Well, Desmond uh, was S tier from introduction, but Desmond's like, the best. Desmond's the best. Desmond feels like it, it's one of those things. Like whenever you're like ranking favorite characters, it feels like for there's always shows where it's like who's your favorite. Obviously, excluding this character, who's everyone's favorite, and I feel like Desmond should be that. I feel like. Who's your favorite? Minus Desmond, because Desmond's the best. Because Desmond is implied. We all love Desmond. Uh, and you are exactly in line with uh, the consensus. We all love Desmond, but who else do you like? Exactly. Yeah, precisely. Uh, so I... Uh, hmm. I'm wondering how we should structure... I mean, it's going to be very well, free I, I, I have a what? good intro to it, because I, I discussed a little bit about this with you about backgammon and its role in the show it's like set up kind of early on as a metaphor that Locke introduces about the two sides you know light versus dark they competing against each other let me tell you that clip of him saying two sides one is light the other dark is used in Every advertisement Lost would ever do, every, like, clips package, every every time they did a, like, the answers on Lost television special or here's what you missed, that clip is in there 100% of the time. That one, Live Together, Die Alone, all that, that is always in there. Um, I, so that is an iconic bit. Yeah. I looked up the rules of backgammon because I was curious. And the metaphor actually goes a lot deeper than that, and it builds into the ending of Lost. Um, I'm not, like, obviously you can stretch any metaphor to its absolute limit to cover everything, so I'm just kind of going to hit the obvious points of the metaphor. Um, The two big uh, points of the metaphor are 
in the game backgammon, your goal is to move all your pieces across the board into your in section where they can all then leave the board together. Which does, yeah, and uh, by the way, spoilers for the television show Lost. We're going to talk about everything. Um, No spoiler warning. No, edit that out, Kevin. If they're here and they want a spoiler warning, they're being coddled. Right, it's It's a a series retrospective. It's been over for 10 years. Like, how long did you want us to wait to talk freely about Lost spoilers? Um, Yeah, so they all gather in, well, not all, all excepting, like, three gather yeah. in a big plane at the end of the show and take off and they get off of the island the po- the point is and then the they all gather in a church in purgatory yeah. and then move on to the next life and pieces cannot leave the board until all of your pieces are in that in section right and Which, that is that is when all of our islanders can move on to uh whatever existence you choose to believe they go on into uh, is only when they are all gathered together. Exactly. And that's exactly what is continually hit upon throughout the show. Um, there's also mechanics about pieces being moved off the board, and then you having to take a moment to bring them back onto the board through uh, one of your uh, dice that you roll. This is almost like losses kind of ex- expectation for reincarnation or repeating those cycles until you get to that point and Mm -hmm. also the whispers where we see at the end michael based off of his actions is now amongst the chorus of all these whispers on the island unable to move back on he's stuck on the board yes uh the the whispers of course we we find out i mean like three episodes before the end of lost like right at the end yeah that if you commit actions on the island so grim that they cannot be redeemed, you are stuck there as I, a part of this chorus of whispers. I don't think that's it. You don't think that's it? I am I curious. I think that's Michael's understanding of it. But okay. think about it. Ben's actions weigh much more heavily than Michael's. Uh, I mean, yeah, Ben... Linus, uh, one of my favorite characters in the history of television, also uh, commits some fucking heinous acts (laughs) on that fucking island. If we're going to even break it down further, Saeed's actions weigh even heavier than both of them, based on, like, his past. Yeah, some pretty pretty grim shit. Saeed Jarrah is a uh, sad, sad man. But the people whose whispers are still heard, the people because I looked into this a little bit more to like kind of see if I can support my theory and was able to polish it a bit more. There are like subtitles for the whispers and what they're saying and what they are. And they're not people who can't move on because they're being held back. They're people who can't move on because they're not ready yet. Mm. They're not ready for that next step. So and that's even they... more solidified. It is not. It, it is not yeah. island magic holding them back. They are holding themselves. If back. it was, if it was island magic, Michael would have been in the church with everyone. Hmm. Interesting. That's the other fun parallel of backgammon. Is and I love this rule of backgammon. Like I got really excited to play backgammon after hearing about this. <laughs> There's this component in backgammon where you can uh, propose a wager where you would double the total points 
that the game is valued for who wins. Um, oh, that's but that's exactly you, how you like to play games. Yeah, yeah. You give that wager to your opponent, and your opponent has two choices. They can accept the wager, and then they have the right to make the next doubling wager, or they decline and they immediately lose, and all current points available go to the winner. Wow. Lost, in their two sides fighting this, is constantly proposing that wager, that escalation, that you must accept my terms or I win. Sure. The redoubling of stakes and efforts around every turn, which again, I'm kind of stretching the metaphor, but at the same time, when both uh, the Shadow Monster and Jack were like, no, we're going to go ahead and break the island at the same time. That was the Shadow Monster. Like that was Jack saying, here's my double wager. Let's go. Let's all cards down. Yeah, we're pushing. I'm all in. Like we're we're pushing everything to the limit here. If we have to destroy the island to do it, we are we are ending the television show Lost at all costs. And there will be no follow up spinoffs set on this island. There will be no uh, character spinoffs where we follow Sawyer after the show. No, sir. We are pushing in all the chips, and the show Lost is ending here. No comics. No nothing. Were there any of those things, Kevin? You're being, like, setting up sarcasm, or... No, there were not. Oh, okay, there was, okay. I mean, there is, you know, considering the constant glut of Star Wars and Star Trek, like, all these, like, expanded stories that take place, even with main characters after their movies or their, or their canon has ended, you know, there's X-Files comics. There's comics for any canceled TV show that, that has a remotely geeky hook to it. Lost never did that it had a short film follow-up and that's it i mean i would say that's very smart of them because lost is a show of mysteries and the mysteries are gone your questions are answered i will say i came into lost with no preconceived notions i did not know any other aspects about the show lost Mm -hmm. um the only thing i knew was that apparently a lot of people didn't like or and didn't understand the ending. And after watching the show Lost, were they paying attention? That like, is what I have been saying for 10 years, Jacob. Desmond bloody tells you what the ending is. Yes. The, None of this okay. matters. We're going to go to a place where it's a bright place where we're with all of our loved ones and you're there, Jack, and we're together. Yes. Okay. So... I want to I want to stop this here because I feel like this is what the the general meat of the this is a this is a nice meaty plate that we can dig into. Uh because there have been constant complaints and constant misunderstandings of this show that have driven me crazy for 10 some odd years. So I want to ask you, someone who was not here for any of the advertisements, the fan buildup, the online communities, fucking Twitter, nothing. I want to run some things by you. Okay. The ending. The the literal, like, last episode of the show. To you, was that satisfying? Do you feel satisfied, given the ending of Lost? I would say so, yes. Okay. Um, perhaps more emotionally than... Uh, on a plot level would you could that be accurate i would say even at a plot level i was satisfied with it okay so jacob allow me to ask you something uh that has driven me crazy for a long time 
were the characters on Lost dead the whole time? No. Obviously not, right? <laughs> Obvi- no. Christian well, Shepard looks dead into the camera and says, everything that happened on the TV show Lost was real. It happened. Yeah, All no. your adventures on the island were real. He says say, it to I camera. Get, I get the confusion because he also says, "Every this is also real. When... Obviously, at this point, they are at dead, or it's a level of reincarnation. Yeah, this is follows... real in the same way that, like, heaven is real. You know, like, it's yeah. it's real in that sense. This, this, But yeah, like, it's one of those things, like, of course they're not dead. If they're dead, that opens up a thousand more issues, like Hurley's ability to talk with the dead. Okay, so does that mean Anna Lucia double-died? Right? Why is she talking to him on the island unless she double died? Also, how's he playing th- chess with Mr. Echo if, exactly. if Mr. Echo isn't dead? Right, exactly. If they're also, both dead. If they're double dead. It's it's okay if like they're one level of dead, but on the island there's a second level of dead. So no they can't be dead the whole time. Okay. Good. I am glad that you are in agreement with me because as as recently as last year i had someone to say like the ending was so disappointing like they were in they were dead the whole time and i was like what are you talking about that's not what happened at the end of the tv show lost but it it's prevalent that is that is what a lot of people believe about the ending of lost which proves to me that you cannot be too obvious with any plot point because your audience might still not understand it or is not paying enough attention to grasp it at that point. Yeah. I I will also say, Kevin. Yes. With the knowledge that Hurley can speak to the dead, maybe he was never crazy and Dave did exist at one point. Okay. So you, your most controversial lost opinion is that Dave is good and you liked Dave. I um, like Dave, and I don't think Kevin. I'm not. I've not set foot into this lost fandom. Uh, you are my Sherpa into this world. Sure. I'm about to go kicking and screaming the deep end once this episode's uploaded. But I will stand my ground and say I like Dave. I appreciate that viewpoint. I uh, so for anyone who needs a refresher, Dave is an episode in season two where we find out why Hurley was committed to the mental institution, and also that someone who is in the mental institution is showing up to him on the island, a man named Dave, played by Evan Handler. And it turns out that he was just in Hurley's, either in Hurley's imagination or one of those island hallucinations. It's technically unclear. Um, but, and it is a... Uh, uh, controversial episode of lost because i think a lot of people feel like it was a waste of time uh why is an imaginary friend appearing to him but i also really like the rest of that episode i think jorge garcia is great when he has that like monologue about like a horrible incident on a deck that landed him in a mental institution uh his scenes with libby i think that is a very strong episode except for the section where we really get into the dave of it all i think i placed dave like an a tier on my list too yeah you loved (laughs) dave which i appreciate you feeling so strongly about it yeah uh but you you had some more questions you want to throw at me as 
uh, okay. that just like catharsis of having someone to back you up for the first time, yelling at the wrong Lost fans. Yes, I, I, I. These are less me trying. I mean, part part of it is me trying to feel vindicated, but I'm also trying to gauge how you feel as someone who, again, did not watch years of ads for Lost, did not watch Comic Con panels for Lost. You are coming to this largely clean. Are there any mysteries from the show that you feel go unanswered? Are there? Why could the Shadow Monster kill Mister Echo? Um, because he wasn't a candidate. Yes, he was. His name was on the dial. Or he was proven to not be a viable candidate. Then why was he... What action did he take that made him not viable? Okay, yes, that is, um, slightly unclear. I have been doing a Lost rewatch for... since August, as of this recording, and I am halfway through season three at this point. So, it's been a minute since I've seen season six, but... Okay, so why could the smoke monster kill Mr. Echo? Yeah, because I also thought, like, it must just be because he was no longer a reasonable candidate, but I was trying to think of what action of his got rid of his candidacy. Was it pushing the button? No, that would disclude Locke. Uh, Right. Was it... The best thing I can come up with was he stopped building his church. He stopped needing the island as soon as he found the button. He thought he had all the answers... So he didn't, he didn't need the island anymore. He had his piece. Right. Okay. Yes. So that one is up to interpretation. And I will, when I reach that, that point, I will um, circle back around to you. But yes, it is unclear how he would have lost his candidacy. And I, I won't blame the show too much. Because you relate to me, the reason Mr. Echo was kind of written off so abruptly was by and large the actor not liking the climate of Hawaii. Yes, he uh he did not like being in Hawaii, which is such a baffling phrase. He did not like getting paid a lot of money to live and work in Hawaii. Okay. And he wanted to be written off the show, which is obviously not a part of any plan that the the writers would have had in place. And he he asked to leave near the end of season two, and they're like, dude, we just killed Anna Lucia and Libby. If we kill you now, what was the point of any of the tailies in season two? What was the point of any of this? So they elected, and you can say whether or not they made the right choice, they elected to keep him around for a few more episodes and give him a full Mr. Echo episode to send him off. I think you could have had him blow up in the hatch and that probably be okay. But that is the choice that they ended up making. And then Locke becomes obsessed with the messages on Mr. Echo's stick. Uh, It's a real Isaac Mendez uh, situation. I mean, my, my pitch for it would be you reveal Hurley's talking to the dead a little bit earlier. You have him blow up in the hatch but you still have Echo have some audience closure by having those moments with Hurley introducing this ability of his, and then Echo moves on. Where Echo just goes like, you don't need to see, you don't need me anymore, I'm gone. That would have fit perfectly with Echo's built up as this spiritual and mystic figure to guide uh, Hurley in some direction. Mm -hmm. And 
give Hurley just a little bit more if you showed that a little bit earlier. Okay. Um, I like that. Is there is there anything else that you feel you don't you you are not easily able to assume an answer to given given the information present? Um, here's another thing that I don't I, I, I have the assumption of the answer. But here's another thing that I think could potentially be viewed as one of those unanswered questions. Uh huh. Why didn't Claire and Aaron board the helicopter? And it's because Desmond tried to save Charlie. Yes. You need me to clarify. Okay. It's uh, been a minute. It's it, yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, part of Charlie's uh, departure to the show was uh, building up with Desmond seeing all these visions of Charlie almost dying, and basically, yeah. And for a while, the, the audience timeline. is led to believe that it's um, Claire who's going to die. But then he's like, "No, yeah. it was you every time that I saw yeah. dying Charlie because Char- you were and, saving Claire." Yeah, and Charlie's doomed. He has this death flag that he cannot shake no matter what he does. And at one point, Desmond finally tells him during like the end of that season, I think that was season three. Yeah, season three, they introduced the you're going to die Charlie plot in like episode eight. And obviously they pay it off in the finale. Uh, One of the great character send offs in television history. Incredible. Not Penny's uh, boat. I can't. Yeah. Yeah, what Desmond tells uh, Charlie uh, is that, hey, you're going to die. It's or the rescue isn't happening. And but I've seen it. I've seen Claire and Aaron get on that helicopter. But you have to die. And Charlie makes his peace with that. And the greatest hits episode where he's writing out like all these great moments of his life. Uh. And he's like, he's. He's resigned to his fate because he knows it's going to lead to something for Claire and Aaron. But Claire and Aaron never board the helicopter. Meaning, and the Aaron only time does, Des- Claire does not. Yes. Yes. And the only time that Desmond's visions have been shifted is if he takes an active approach. He has tried telling others about his visions, and they've just never responded or done things differently to reject them. Yeah. But he, Desmond can actively change what he sees. He can he exists outside of that time enough to correct it as he wills. He can he can correct it on a temporary basis. Levels. It will eventually the universe has a way of course correcting. Uh, which, when I was rewatching that episode, I said, oh, that's where I got my time travel mechanic for Jive Action Nerds from. This is exactly yeah. how I view time travel because of this show. Uh, but yes, he can temporarily elude time uh, by taking yeah. direct action himself. But Charlie followed his fate. The thing that broke Charlie's, that broke the ending of Claire and Aaron getting on that helicopter was desmond didn't want charlie to die and he tried everything to save charlie yeah because it's different when you are 
uh, you're like, nope, this is the way it has to be. And then when it's actually happening, you're like, ah, oh, I gotta fucking stop. I can't just let this guy die. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the the all-time uh, season finales, uh, character deaths, uh, a beautiful, beautiful death. Okay. And it was, yeah, it was great for Charlie, but, like, that would be one of the things I would see as, like, a... Here's somewhere where people might get tripped up because now they don't understand Desmond's ability because he seemingly counterdicted itself and then did not immediately say a dialogue about how, like, I'm going to change the time stream. Sure. Um, I understand you there. Uh, Okay. Is there uh, anything else that you feel unsatisfactorily answered on? Um, no. I I feel everything else... Is okay. either something I don't need explained, or I know? Yeah. The the sh- most common one besides were they dead the whole time is the one I'm about to say, even though I feel like the show answers this pretty clearly if you have a base level of inference. The number one question was, in fact, the one that Justin asked in that episode was, what was the deal with the polar bears? Can you quickly surmise what the deal was? Yeah, the Dharma Initiative discovered this place, was trying to harness it, and part of their study was they were experimenting on polar bears, and then they sent them to the main island. Yes, correct. Exactly. (laughs) Also, also, it's not even even like a fun little mystery, because they also then confirmed that in the epilogue. Right. The little 10 minute epilogue. In case you still didn't get it, but like Sawyer and and Kate spend so many episodes in the polar bear cages and the Tom Friendly even says like, oh, it took the bears, you know, 10 minutes to do what it took you a day to do. And you're like, okay, I'm a reasonable enough human being. I can assume that the bears were here to be experimented upon. And yeah. they just didn't get shot. Like, no one just killed them, so they continue to live on this island. It's yeah. not It's not rocket surgery. No. Also, that actually did remind me of my one, my one unanswered thing. Mm-hmm. What happened to Saeed in the last season? Oh, boy. Uh, so... Like, now, I, I, that, like, he, I like, love <laughs> Lost, but there are a certain yeah. number of things that I have trouble excusing. And they do Saeed so dirty in that last season. They really could have just killed him off when he got shot if they didn't know what to do with him. Like, you you had an option and you just chose not to take it. I know that you, you were planning on offing Juliet, like, right after that, but, you know... Yeah, you, you also res them, but you, like, do this, like, revenant un- res where, like, you've lost your human emotions. And yeah, now you're he, this weird shadow puppet. And he that's, does like, the Raish al Ghul from Batman yeah. uh, style of reincarnation where it costs you your, your soul and your feelings to get revivified. There is this, there's this the vague is, idea that is passed around a few times on the show that sometimes... The island has this darkness, has this madness yeah. that can manifest, and perhaps it all comes from the temple. The temple's kind of stupid. The temple kind of sucks. Oh. Dogen and Lennon, the guy who is just John Lennon. Yeah. Um, Here's kind of stupid. You, 
here's how you do it. And like, it's, it's again, so obvious that I'm surprised this was not the way they did it was we already seen magic healing stuff that changes you forever. Where when child Ben is shot by Saeed and then they're taken to the others and it's like, Hey, we can help him, but he'll lose his innocence. Just say that Lazarus pit was the thing you did on child Ben. And I think it's the is. same thing to Saeed. But I the think thing that is, it, that is the implication. Is it not? They don't give that implication. They don't state uh, it explicitly. Well, I like the thing is they don't treat what happened to Saeed as like, oh, that's just how the, the the water pit works. It's not treated as a like, this is just what it will do to make this happen. It is, this just happens. And then they even go on further when they're saying, uh, like, yeah, no, they didn't save you, Saeed. That, yeah, I didn't do anything, and they didn't do anything. It was some separate thing brezzing you. Gotcha. Um, I, the, I think yeah. my understanding of it has always been that they do the same thing to Saeed as was done to Ben when he was a child. That has always been my operational understanding, Even is if they that did it, it is this temple. They implied that it didn't work. On, and th- on Saeed? Saeed? And Saeed was laying there dead, oh, and then yeah. something else brought him back. That's the idea. Yeah, and it's like, why have something madness. else? Yeah, it's that is a stumble that doesn't make unless you can just accept i don't know this is another facet of the magic island then that never quite lines up they never manage to put all the pieces together on that the thing is though the island still has rules to its magic which all good systems of magic needs to have rules to make it like a functional system Mm-hmm. That did not coincide with the rules built up for five and a half seasons, so I don't think it's a fair play. Sure. It's a if that is what they are going for, it is a stumble as far as the the rules and lore of the island are concerned. And obviously there are those that are very attuned to island magic, like John Locke, most of the time. Yeah. And there are those that cannot attune like Ben, who can, just cannot commune in the same way that others seem to be able to you really feel for ben ben is a i mean obviously he's a monster but he is a monsters have to be created now here here's the thing i want to talk about with ben why is he a monster i mean he facilitates the murder of the entire dharma initiative Okay, similar Including his to own how... father. Now, his father was not a good person. Yeah. Uh, okay, old, so if we're talking dead about... in the bus, uh, what's okay, his name, Frank or whatever? If, yeah, if killing dads includes you, let's talk about John and Sawyer. But, so... <laughs> <laughs> Together, they, they team up for a good old dad killing. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't think killing Roger's enough. And now... Roger! Out the do- yeah wiping out the Dharma initiative. Okay, so they wiped out an entire group that was a direct opposition to him. Hmm, sounds similar to what Jack planned to do to the others. Yeah. And the confounds of the show lost. Ben is an antagonistic force, but his actions aren't really that reprehensible compared to other characters. I, uh, Charles Widmore was going to 
well kill everyone yeah widmore's the definite worst <laughs> widmore widmore supersedes ben linus but um, widmore gets a redemption during his final thing where like jacob appeared and then told me like jacob reached out to widmore but not to ben that's ben's whole deal ben just cannot fucking catch a break from this dude this jacob dude who thinks he's so hot thinks he's so cool too good to talk to ben who's done nothing but serve him also way to play it cool kevin during my watch of lost uh the first mention of jacob was one of those things where i was like i messaged kevin's like wait there's a jacob in lost how have i never heard about this how has like social osmosis not introduced a famous jacob to me and then Kevin's like, well, I'm not saying anything. And then, like, a little bit later in that episode, is like, oh, Jacob's not real. Uh, there is no Jacob. And I, like, responded back to him, like, oh, that's why. There is no Jacob. And then later I learned there is a Jacob. There's very much a Jacob. He lives in a foot statue. Uh, he weaves a lot. And he gets kicked into a fire real good. Yeah, yeah. Goes honestly, out like I, a champ. Honestly, I think I, I, I think the appropriate name for the Shadow Monster should be something like Esau. Given all the biblical implications that Jacob has, I think n- naming the other parallel brother figure, Jacob's biblical brother, works out well. It checks out. They avoid it, though I'm not sure why, because this show has not been subtle with names even one time. Honestly, John Locke, yeah. David Hume, Faraday, Rousseau, it's all there. I don't know why they decided to get KG on this one. That The Man in Black never gets a name, but yeah, Esau that, might as well be his name. Yeah, but um, what else? Oh, there, the other question I have for the show Lost. Why could you, why, why did you kill Sun and Jin that way? <laughs> you... I uh, remember seeing your reaction to Sun and Jin going out, that you were like, oh, the power of love, it will save them. Jin will pull Sun from her entrapment through the power of love and magic. I I was in denial all the way up to the point where it's like, you know, know, Jack was like, hey, take this, uh, I can get up without it. And then she's like, no, you can't. It's like, really? Well, then how are Jin and Sun going to get up without the air bubble thing? And then it, it occurred to me, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. they're not. Oh, uh, oh, Jin uh, <laughs> vowed to meet his daughter and uh, never did. He never got to meet his daughter in this mortal life. Like, it was a, That's fucking rough. Wrong, it's beautiful rough. episode. Great great moment right after Saeed's redemption to to some extent you know as much as they decide to give him a last minute redemption woof perhaps i'm working this out in my head what'd you say and vincent gets to live oh yeah you hate that dog for no reason i don't think it's no reason (laughs) after walt leaves that dog is barely in the show he's hardly around after walt i'm watching it right now and vincent shows up every 10 episodes just to like remind you there's a dog yeah just get rid of the dog then (laughs) yeah and then he goes to live with rose and bernard when they uh, become switzerland in this war for the island's soul they're like no we're old we're gonna sit this one out i know we're probably gonna die but we're just gonna sit this one out if that's okay don't like vincent 
I'm not yeah. wrong for not liking Vincent. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to try and convince you. Uh, Tori, our mutual friend Victoria Courtney, asked me recently when we were talking, what is the deal with this dog that Jacob hates it so much? Is it that bad? And I'm like, the dog is barely an element on the show. <laughs> After I, season I one, he is hardly show. around. Tori just does. Tori is going to be the last person to convince me to like a dog. I don't like Tori's dog. Granted, I right, wrong Vincent. answer. I was yeah. just, I, uh, yeah. your hatred of the dog Vincent has filtered into our friend group, and they are so curious why this dog would be hated. And generally, in our circle of people that we know, I am the only person that <laughs> knows that lost. lost. So I am the only person they can ask anything like, is, vaguely is lost. Jake, is Jacob okay? Like, what this dog do to him? And I'm like, absolutely nothing. Look, yeah. Never done a damn thing. <laughs> look, look, ultimately, it's just because I hated Vincent so much in season one as he runs around constantly getting lost and constantly attempting to almost be an instigator for action and just giving the worst character moments for Michael and Walt. It's like, hey, your dog's out there. It's like, yeah, you're, yeah, protect your kid. Walt, shut up. I don't like you either right now. I'll like you a little bit more later. Yeah. And for and for some piece for some people lost season 1 is the height of the show like it is the peak of quality and I have just never been able to get on board with those people I thought lost season 1 had some great episodes but was largely pretty boring in its second half and that's partially because so much of it is Michael running around calling for Walt while Walt calls for Vincent and I have nothing against uh, Harold Perrineau, who played Michael, or Ian Summerhalder, who played Boone, or Maggie Grace, who played uh, uh, Shannon, but the show is much better after they leave. After I those characters say... are gotten rid of, and we start bringing in Desmond and Ben Linus and Faraday, it just gets so much better. I loved Boone. Huge that Boone is... fan over here. Bold. <laughs> Like, big fan of Boone. Um, it was one of those moments during, like, Boone's death episode. Because we, we hadn't had any real character deaths up till that point. He's the first major they, character to go. Yeah. After where, it's uh, either Scott or Steve uh, mm -hmm. dies when Ethan attacks. Uh, and uh, Joanna dies going for a morning swim. But yeah. after that, like, Boone is the first real one. And it's this beautiful sequence cut opposite... Uh, Claire giving birth. It's just, yeah. like, so well done. It's just when, good fucking TV. When Jack's about to cut off Boone's leg with, like, the slamming door, I was just thinking to myself, like, man, they're really committing to this guy having to wear, like, a prosthetic for, like, the rest of the show. Oh. They were not. They're not. They're not they're, committing they're, to him. Yeah. Um, My man goes out, and then John Locke shows up to Boone's funeral, looking like the guiltiest motherfucker who has ever existed. Oh, yeah. He's covered in blood. He cannot finish a sentence. And they're like, where were you, John? And he was like, I was at the... You know, I Boone fell somewhere else. I wasn't... <laughs> yeah. He's still covered in Boone's blood. He looks... No one has ever looked more guilty in their entire lives than John yeah. Locke in that scene. It's unbelievable. It is... Yeah, no, man, it it also, like, puts John on this path to an antagonistic force, which they then kind of pull back from pretty quickly at the introduction of the Hatch. 
He is the show's antagonist until we meet the real antagonists, and then Locke can sort of be this anti-hero. He is basically the antagonist, but that's only because he is directly opposed to Jack, who is our ostensible hero. And then we bring in Ben Linus, and then we bring in the man in black, and we don't have to worry about Jock be, uh, John Locke being the bad guy anymore. Yeah. Also, I would like to take a moment to talk about the sorry excuse for wasted potential that was Kate. Okay. So do you know the production details of the original plan for Kate? Have you, have I told you or have you come across them? Okay. Uh, And this ties into something that you do know is that in the original plan for the pilot, Jack is supposed to die. He is supposed to be killed by the smoke monster and he ends up in the trees at the end. And then Kate would be our lead. And unfortunately, after they make the decision for that not to happen, they really stumble vis-a-vis Kate when she is not being vied for by either Sawyer or Jack. They never quite figure out what her role on the show is supposed to be. Certainly not to the same extent that they figure out Locke, Ben, Jack, Sawyer, you know, any of our heavy not hitters. The, not the, even the extent they figured out Shannon. Right, at least Shannon, they knew her purpose, even though she, uh, uh, is as a character archetype, is set up to be uh, a causer of problems. At least she is that. Kate, they never quite pin down what she is supposed to be she exists in this half-hearted love triangle that doesn't bear any weight and what little weight it has is taken from it piece by piece as additional romantic prospects and interests pop up for the other two people in the triangle and like, her name is Juliet, and she's the best, yes. I was also even thinking about the built-up of a relationship before her death between Jack and Anna Lucia as they were building that chemistry and then shot Anna Lucia. Yes, they were building that chemistry even though she sleeps with Sawyer, although it is only to get a gun. Yeah. Um, but yes, so they, they bring in Anna Lucia to kind of mess around with Jack, and then they make the bold decision... To over the course of the episode, put Sawyer and Juliet together in uh, one of the best episodes of the series called La Fleur, where we see that Sawyer has become the head of security at the Dharma Initiative, and yeah. the whole episode is flashing back and forth of how exactly he got to this point, how he convinced Juliet to stay when she could have left. Um, it, so I have to ask you, because you are nowhere near as hot on Juliet as I am. Did you buy that relationship between oh, the two of them? hundred percent. Okay. Okay. Like I, I did not like Juliet when she was this, like, will they, won't they thing for Jack. And she like had this ambiguous alliance and just like, it felt like she wasn't, it never really felt like she had a plan 
and she was just kind of messing with Ben's plan. Yeah, she I, hates Ben this much we yeah. know. One of Ben's grim actions, keeping Juliet on the island at all costs. Uh, Ooh, how, yeah. how dare uh, he? She she cures her own sister's infertility, but never gets to see the the benefits of that. Never gets to be with her sister as she fosters a child because she is has been yeah. trapped on an island by a series of madmen. Her the episode where we find out her backstory is incredible. Where like she was been working for her ex-husband who is keeping her trapped at this job, you know, mandates all of her research and then Richard Alpert and Ethan show up and offer her this great opportunity and they hit her ex-husband with a fucking bus. And then she's trapped on the island for years. An incredible episode of television. It's it's one of those things where um, Juliet's the character that grew on me. I never got your your love of her. Like, I never reached that level. I understand it. I just never got there myself. Yeah, everyone's going to have different faves, except for Desmond, who is everyone's fave. Yeah. Uh, But we all have different faves and i understand you did not you like sun and Jin a lot more than i do um that that is one of the differences between yeah. i like them but they never got they, near they, the level yeah. of a sawyer or a saeed or a ben or juliet or or faraday whatever yeah um the other thing uh i was gonna mention love the floor thing like that bit like love seeing everyone in their positions as part of the dharma initiative that was great that's where season five kind of started turning around for me when we got more into that aspect of it yeah um and i think juliet did great there um back to uh juliet's juliet's probably yeah she's definitely one of the few strong females this show actually gets and actually gets to keep for a long enough time to count them. Mm-hmm. I, I would include uh, Sun on that list, though I think um, Sun often falls into the uh, housewife role more so than Juliet ever does. They don't feel comfortable, you know, and you can attribute this to whatever yeah. reason. Maybe you don't think it works for her character. They never feel comfortable just putting a gun in her hand and letting her wave it around like everybody else. And that really, on a show where that becomes increasingly important, that is a constant setback for her. And she gets to be this cool kind of uh, crime boss when she leaves the island. On the mainland, yeah, she goes like ruthless businesswoman, like, hey, dad, I own your company. You answer to me. And I'll that's burn great. your legacy to the ground. That rules. And then, you know, she she makes this incredible choice to go back for her husband, and I love all of that, but they just never let her be Kate or Juliet and let her run around with the big boys. And that, yeah. that, just, that just holds your character back on a show like this. It's why you don't see... Yeah. Uh, uh, Bernard and uh, Rose for whole seasons at a time because they sniper. Yeah, Bernard to get to be a fucking sniper. Bernard, (laughs) um, you know, I, 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 
they they stop knowing what to do with those characters because like when we're throwing our cast through decades of time, it's tough to be like, and what's Rose up to? <laughs> Uh, Honestly, I but say, I really like their story where they yeah, no, they just they decide exactly to live on the what island. to do with their characters. It just wasn't part of the narrative. Sure, it just it no longer, and I think that's a perfectly reasonable way to just write characters off a show. You don't always have to kill everybody. If yeah. a character reaches the end of their usefulness, great, send but, them off, and they yeah, get like go home. Yeah, uh, so to use community as an example, like, they kill Pierce, they kill Hickey, but they don't have to kill Troy. You just let Troy sail off into the sunset, literally. Well, I think that's largely because community didn't want Pierce back, and community mm-hmm. couldn't afford to have Hickey back. Yeah, I think Hickey, Hickey left, but they could have come up with some excuse Okay, so Shirley. You know, Shirley doesn't have to die. Shirley gets to move to New Orleans. Uh, yeah. But Troy gets to sail off into the sunset. And well, also you want to leave the door open in case you want to. Yeah. I think Dan Harmon was mad at Jonathan Banks and was just like, I don't know, Hickey's dead. Whatever. I, I, I just always kind of assumed it was Jonathan Banks, like, just his, like, he getting more and more expensive. And it's like, it's not really worth it keeping him on, like... In no, but, like, why kill him? He he leaves community to go make Better Call Saul. And I think everyone yeah. made the right choice there. He should leave to go make Better Call Saul. Yeah. That was the I, right call. I, I'm just saying, like, it's one of those things that now if the community movie does happen, if they, they since they killed him, you don't even have to worry about trying to pay that or write that right around that corner. I think community knew that they would never get Jonathan Banks back. So there's no point in keeping that character up in the air because the community fans aren't reasonable no we're we're unreasonable folk uh and we except for you i don't know a lot of people that are like in love with hickey you know what i'm like hickey was always i was like oh you know he's fine (laughs) (laughs) he's he's a guy that's there but i never fell for him the same way i did frankie or elroy or any of your other sub in characters yeah um, anyway, no, Kate, this is a lost spot. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I wanted to talk about the Kate moment at the finale, where Kate immediately has this moment where she kills the big bad. Yes. Good on you, Kate. Then it's immediately undercut by like, oh, but I'm still only interested in Jack. That's my character arc. I'm going to kiss him, and that's the triumphant moment for me. It's like, no, you just killed the big bad. Do a victory lap and, like, don't smooch Jack. Right, and that just, yeah, that just confirms, all that is, is that seals your relationship enough that you get to be together in heaven. That's that's what that does, is that locks you in plot-wise to, okay, it is officially Sawyer and Juliet, Kate and Jack, uh, and uh, boy, I gotta tell you, Jacob, I've watched a lot of TV in my time. Not everything, but I've watched a lot of TV in my time, and there is barely a scene in TV I like more than the scene in the finale where in the uh, purgatory state where Sawyer and Juliet meet up at that vending machine and, and suddenly rediscover that they like have known each other and experienced years of their lives together. It's so exquisitely well acted and edited and scored by my man, Michael Giacchino. It's, 
one of my favorite scenes in TV. But anyway, you were talking more about Kate. Was it just that she had to, like, kiss Jack? Just that. Like, yeah. Like, she gets this... She finally gets this moment of doing something. Yeah, she kills the man in black. Like, she saves the world, essentially. She, She has a great moment. And it has to be undercut with the fact that, well, now, don't worry, guys. We didn't... It's it's Jack's girlfriend that saved the day, so you don't have to worry about her being anything more than that. Right. Kate gets to kill the the big bad guy and save the world, but she doesn't get the hero sacrifice. We still have to stick around for the hero sacrifice moment. Also, do we? Desmond's immune. Why in the world do they just not let Desmond do it? Well, didn't he do it? And, like, collapse? And, like, basically die? He, he, he was... Do I not remember that correctly? No, no, he was, he was like, exhausted and whatnot, but at the same time, so was Jack. I think Desmond and Jack were at same levels of physical capability at that point, and maybe you give the guy who has electromagnetic immunity, or affinity <laughs> at the very least, deal with the electromagnetic core of your island... Sure, it's like the end of Fallout 3, where you have a character on your team who is immune to radiation poisoning, but you still have to be the one to sacrifice yourself. It's like, we can't let the radiation immune person do it. We have to let me die. Right, and so that's why we, we get to the point, you know... Let's also talk so about Jack can have the big hero send off. Jack was. And so he had brief. the job for less than a day... Dished right. it on someone else after breaking everything. He's the, he's the, uh, what, who's the president who was dead after 30 days? William Henry Harrison? Um, something, uh, he has, I must assume, the shortest reign of any island caretaker. Uh, but he does get to have the great, uh, handover scene with Hurley. An incredible scene. Uh, and I, I, Ben gets to be Hurley's. very much. All I, could, I did not enjoy that scene that much because all I could think of was like, didn't even consider Ben. <laughs> it just ben can't his, be Ben. Ben gave, ben gave his bloody life for this island. Everything. He gave up everything. He gave up everything. He, he was born on this island. He understands the cost. He's willing to protect the island. He knows what it means. He's hmm. the perfect candidate. No, sir. No, sir. It also really be. annoys me because I'm pretty sure Hurley also didn't pick Ben. I think Hurley gave it to Walt Jr. At the end of it, yeah. After yeah. after Hurley, Ben, and Walt, as three kings of the crazy island, get to reign over the island for you know however long they they do, yeah. he's still like, ooh, uh, my time is done. Well, Ben, see you in heaven. Walt, let's do this. Thing. Yeah, like. <laughs> And because Ben there, he didn't like even like. I don't assume he got like any like. Maybe he did. Maybe Hurley like took him up with like, like Richard's immortality because like, hey, you're gonna be my second. So here, you can be immortal. And maybe he eventually got a chance. But like, also Ben's just like that's not referenced in the dialogue. I feel like that'd be pretty important if that was the case. If Ben ever got a chance to rule the island, and he deserves it. He's put in the time. He's. Ben is like the he's the middle manager who gives his all to the company he works for. Nobody works harder. No, he's there first. He's gone last. 
and still when they're looking to hire, they hire from without. They hire an outside person to come in and be his boss. And they're like, no, Ben, we need you. You know stuff. You know how to do your job so well that you should, someone else needs to lead and you can tell them how to lead. Uh, additionally, his name was also included on the walls and stuff. And but was crossed out, and based off of what Jacob said, it was probably crossed out because of Alex. Oh, you think so? Yeah, uh, where Jacob was like, hey, "I took you off because you became a mother. You suddenly had something else to live for," and that was Ben's whole thing. Where you know, and during that moment, like Ben still thinks, like Ben betrays it as like, oh, "I chose the island over my daughter." But like Ben was like negotiating, like she means nothing. Please don't, like, hey, trying to double bluff, like because he knew what was happening, like. Ben, if Ben believed that uh, Martin Kimi would have, like, let her go, I'm sure he would have gave himself up for Alex. Uh-huh. But with Alex dead, let Ben rule the island! <laughs> right, when Alex um, gets off at the end of an episode, uh, I, I remember, before I started watching Lost, there was some show that came on after it that... I would flip over to to get ready for, and I would see the end of a lot of episodes of Lost. And one of them that I saw out of context was that scene where in the middle of the jungle, like, Carl gets offed, Russo gets offed, and Alex yeah. says, I'm Ben's daughter! And I was like, man, this show I don't watch really knows how to end an episode. They can really, they can really pull one out at the end. Yeah. No, man. Both they knew Russo how to make Carl you come back. Better. What'd you say? Both Russo and Carl deserve better than that. I have no strong feelings about Carl, but Russo, you know, deserves to go out like a like I, a chip. I, I one know, of the one of the best. Maybe 18. just looking at like my list, like Dweebs went ranked pretty high on my list at all times. <laughs> like I you, enjoy the Dweeby character. You were very <laughs> favorable to Dweebs, like Carl, yeah. Carl of all people. Uh, no, uh Okay, yeah, so you got you got the cape off of your shoulders. Is yeah, there I got, it? Yeah, anything else that like I really want to talk about? Any other that characters you, that I feel like I have a good well to pull from that you need uh, to feel addressed? Because again, obviously, uh, Desmond is the best. Uh, yeah. Do you? So you've. Uh, we've both seen a lot of TV, but we've seen a lot of different TV, and I have frequently said that Sawyer has my favorite character arc in the history of television. I just think his transformation from where we start to where we end is incredible and well-earned and supremely well-acted by Josh Holloway. Even if you don't agree, do you see where I'm coming from on that? I'm curious would, where you I land would, on that. I would say Sawyer has a really good arc. I will say this, Kevin... I know a lot of characters with the same arc. Sawyer's sure. a very well done version of it, but I don't imagine you would encounter a lot of those same characters because I know them mostly from anime. And I, uh, now, I I have seen the first season of Kaguya-sama Love is War, so that basically makes me an expert on anime. Well, you said it wrong, so... <laughs> Did I? Kaguya. Oh, okay. I pronounce well. Okay, fine. Yeah, I guess he does say Kaguya, uh, uh, very, very, very loudly, very frequently. I mean, they they do more often refer to her by her last name Shinomiya. So, exact. Thank you. Because I was for a while like, who's Kaguya? 
Why? Who is this title character? What's yeah, a it, Dragon Ball? It's uh, a yeah. very solid uh, translation, uh, but it's one of those things, if you're not really familiar with the uh, differences between uh, Japanese names and like respect levels between using first and last name, uh, I guess it doesn't really help many new viewers no i truly uh that is something that continues to elude me no matter how many hours i put into uh persona 5 and persona 5 royal i i do not understand the honorifics and there are many different ones and that's okay yeah. i will learn i will i will i will eventually get i mean off podcast i can try giving you a quick rundown if you're actually interested um, but maybe not the best time to discuss maybe this anime honorifics in our last, uh, a television uh, show with Max like one Japanese character. <laughs> like maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. We we assume Dogen is Japanese. We that's exactly not. what I was thinking. I assumed he was Japanese, but the 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 Kims are Korean, and I yeah. don't remember what Miles is. Maybe also Korean. Uh, I don't remember either and i know uh, i thought i thought it was cool how uh the dharma doctor is his dad marvin yeah. candle he did you notice that every time he showed up in one of those videos he was using a different yeah pseudonym related to candles he was marvin candle oh, he was dr I, wick I, oh he was I didn't, I didn't pick up i knew they were all different names did not pick up that they were all different uh candle words yeah, different uh, p parts of a candle. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know why you would... If you've only gone through the show once, I have no idea why you would have noticed that. But that's a well, little I, tidbit. What I would say when I was doing my uh, Lost wrap-up things, uh, part of what I had to do was that I kept grabbing uh, different... I kept grabbing, like, the Lost wiki, like, going through with the characters to figure out who to pull. And in every season, like, they were like, hey... Put this guy on your list. Like, he was in a video. I'm not putting on my list. But when, like, I just, like, clicked all the tabs open on the first time, and then, like, I saw, like, his, like, name was just this long string of things in bold. Like, well, he's eventually going to be interesting on the list, I guess. But until then, he's off. Dr. Pierre Chang, I think, is his actual name. Um, and I do I do apologize. I Earlier, I said the Kims. They are the Quans. They are uh, Jin Quan and Sun Quan. The reason I said Kim is because both of the actors' names have Kim in them. Uh, yeah. Yun Kim and Daniel Day Kim. Uh, fun fact, a little tidbit for you. They cast Jin as the character who does not understand English, even though Daniel Day Kim is an, uh, an American. Um, but... Yunjin Kim, playing Sun, is from Korea. So they cast her as the one who knows some English, even though that actor knows minimal English. And Honestly, then I think that was probably a good call. Um, because then it's like, okay, it's obviously uh, Sun's second language. And anyone who speaks, Co like the audience that speaks Korean and is watching Lost, probably not like a very large lap over in that Venn diagram. So having like someone speak like secondhand uh, Korean probably isn't that detrimental to the nature of the show. No, for sure. I just, that's, that's more trivia yeah. than a, uh, a, a criticism by any regard. 
Yes. So you were you were circling around for other things to. Okay, I have one. I have one for you, and this doesn't have to be our concluding thought. But at some point during your watch, I don't know where you were at. You messaged me, and you were like, "Why have I? Why does no one talk about Lost? Why isn't it up there with like the great television shows of all time?" Do you hold that feeling all the way through to the end? Now that you have concluded Lost, would you put it in the Pantheon? I, I'm i not sure if... I haven't watched a large amount of non-children's television, to be entirely honest. And a lot. Like, you've watched a lot of anime as well. But yeah. You, you like, haven't watched as much American broadcast TV. But I'm just at your exactly. personal opinion. Whatever your experience may be, you know, because anime can be included in this Pantheon. Yeah. But if I, you... And there's no limit to the Pantheon. It's just I, like, it goes in or it doesn't. I don't really know. Yeah, I would stand by it. I'm not sure... Why Lost has taken so long to get to my doorstep. I'm grateful that it has because that means I got to enjoy it free of spoilers or preconceived notions. But I am still unsure. Like, hey, what took you so long? Yeah. Um, I had some theories on that. I can't remember if I pitched them to you on mic or not. Um, But I, I think there's a series of reasons why lost it took this long for lost to circulate back around to you as opposed to a breaking bad or a game of thrones right well with breaking bad and game of thrones they were currently on television when you ended up catching up to them they were things that were actively happening uh and uh but you know nobody was watching breaking bad when it started it was netflix it was like people caught up on netflix and said wow, this show is good. And then we all sort of finished Breaking Bad together, uh, which is a a pretty magical little moment that happened. Uh, And Game of Thrones just sort of caught steam as it went along, where by the time we get to whatever number the final season was, I stopped watching. Uh, But people had caught up and were, were finishing it all together. I think the reason that Lost didn't reach you in the same way. Uh, there are there are several reasons why. One is that you are, however old you are, 27, 26, we're about uh, the same 26 age. going on 27. That's what I, that's what I thought. I couldn't, I couldn't recall where you fell. Lost started in 2004 and you and I were both 12. So there weren't a lot of people our age watching the show as it went um now we weren't children but watching adult dramas was not a habit of many of our contemporaries when they were 12 um your friend group our friend group because we share a lot of the same college friends yeah are also not people that watch a lot of broadcast dramas even as they got older they maybe watched breaking bad and they maybe watched game of thrones but we know a f- bunch of fucking weebs. Like we we know people that know anime up and down and are well versed on even like contemporary cartoon shows, but most of them are not sitting down for a, an ice cold glass of FX is the Americans. You know, they're they are uh nerds in a certain regard, but they're not a particular kind of like 
television nerd, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, uh, so that is another reason. And I think the third reason, well, third reason is it hasn't been on Netflix for a long time. And unfortunately, that is still, like, if you're not on Netflix, you're not a show. And that is un- that is unfortunately still true. There are some minor exceptions to that, like The Mandalorian or The Handmaid's Tale. But generally, if you are not streaming on Netflix, to most people, you might as well not exist. And in addition to that, Lost has a bad reputation. A lot of people in 2010 were very disappointed by the ending, and a lot of people were actively mad. Now, I think a lot of these people fucking misunderstood the ending. I don't think they fucking got it, and they were wrong about what it was, but that still stuck with them. They haven't revisited it in 10 years, and that reputation hung to it, so it never spread to younger generations the same way other shows did. Uh, and and you and I are both just slightly too young for most of our friends to have watched Lost when it was on. Uh, so I think it's a combination of those reasons why it hasn't come back to you in the same way. All right, that tracks. Yeah. I couldn't remember if we said that on mic in our previous conversation. I, I don't think so, because... Uh, our previous conversation was just me, like, one episode deep. Yeah, you and were starting, I and I didn't want yeah. to give you too much outside context yeah. right away. And uh, I, I, I could probably talk at length about every individual character on Lost. Like, how Ethan, like, when he died was, like, one of my least favorite characters, but then retroactively became one of my favorites as I learned more and more about him. I think Lost really regretted killing Ethan as early as they did. The Uh, sheer number of times they bring this dude back. uh, I think, A, they realize, oh, we no longer have this, like, heavy. uh, And that actor is a really, like, he just has this weird, strange energy. He's Tom Cruise's cousin, so he always looks like an AI tried to make a Tom Cruise and it failed. And so he just has this, and I, I, I think he's a great actor. He just has this otherworldly quality about him that makes him kind of off-putting and kind of scary as he reads on camera. And so they start bringing him back over and over and over again <laughs> uh, to the point where you're like, wow, you guys really, you wish you could take it back how quickly you killed this dude. I actually uh, was just uh, reviewing my tier list, and he started on F season one, and then in every season he was included, he jumped up one tier, all the way to jumping to A tier at the very end. Because you're like, whoa, this guy fixes the pipes at Dharmaville? Whoa, this guy, like, uh, stationed himself as a sleeper agent in Juliet's hospital for for a while, like, trying to recruit her? This guy's crazy. Yeah, like he, it, like honestly, like so much charisma eventually just won me over. Yep, you're like, huh? This guy didn't seem interesting when yeah. I met him, but man, this also he's this also might be by and large the fact that I don't watch a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I don't recognize many of these actors from other things. Most of them have struggled to find their footing after this show. Um, There was this thing that happened briefly after Lost ended where ABC decided 
to split up the Lost cast, and we are employing each of you individually on another show. But either A, those shows failed pretty quickly, or B, they never ended up being a significant part of that show. So Terry O'Quinn, who plays John Locke, he ended up on a show called 666 Park Avenue about, like, a, a, a scary apartment building. That didn't go. They took Penny and Charlie and moved them over to a show called Flash Forward, a show whose premise was one day everyone on Earth collapsed for two minutes and saw two minutes of the future. Like the same future, or like yeah, they all saw the futures. same vision of the future, but they each saw their part of the future. Oh, Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, they saw the yeah. same moment in time, but their two minutes. Right. Weird high concept for a television show. I don't know how you sustain that. Well, I mean, um, you, you, that's coming off of Lost, Kevin. I that and Lost. Yes, it is a miracle <laughs> okay. they managed to think of more than six episodes of Lost. Uh, like this, it's a show that should not exist. It's a show that should not have been any good, but they managed to, and I think it's all rooted in, oh, we decided to make incredibly compelling characters played by good actors. Yeah. That and that's the they thing. managed to bring this out so for good. six seasons. An incredible cast. And, like, yeah, and most and of the time, if they limited, get a bad actor, they kill them off. And even with my limited television experience, I feel like I should recognize more than three of these people from other programs. So, Michael Emerson, who played Ben, he, almost immediately after Lost ended, landed a role on Person of Interest, a CBS show, and then that show ran for, like, five seasons. So that's why you haven't seen him in a while, because he just did that for years. Josh Holloway and, um... Henry Ian Cusick, who played Desmond. Uh, you, of course, saw Jorge Garcia on an episode of How I Met Your Mother. Um, but they all kind of, they bounce around. They had small roles here and there, but they've never, they failed to find that steady, consistent landing strip that they had with Lost. Daniel Day Kim was on Hawaii Five O for like five years. I, I recognized uh, one of the uh, others grunts as uh, someone from Always Sunny. Yep, yeah, one episode of Rob McElhaney, and that episode came out, like, between season one and two of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, so he's one of the most successful people to ever appear on Lost, uh, and, and he's just, like, door guard in the middle of season three. Uh, Matthew Fox might as well be blacklisted. Uh, but, of course, Evangeline Lilly is one of the uh, uh, Marvel superheroes now. So she is doing one of the best of the entire cast. I didn't recognize her. I'm actually on the IMDb now. I did not recognize her as uh, the Wasp. Yeah, she is uh, Wasp from Ant-Man and the Wasp. She has a, in the first movie, they gave her this weird Bob haircut. But, yeah, now that you've seen her for 120 hours, I'm sure you will, you will not be able to unsee her. But she was in a couple of those Hobbit movies, and uh, she is now the Wasp in Ant-Man and the Wasp, and soon to be in Ant-Man and the Wasp 3. Uh, so she is doing just fine. But, you know, Elizabeth Mitchell, she, you know, she did a little Once Upon a Time, she did a few episodes on The Expanse, and uh, judging by her Instagram, now she just lives in this beautiful country home in, like, upstate California, so she's doing great. God bless Elizabeth Mitchell. Let her let her uh, uh, run free. Um, but yeah, it's been tough for 
these actors to land consistent, steady work after this point. Well, Michelle Rodriguez, Ana Lucia, uh, is in one of the biggest movie franchises on the planet, the Fast and Furious franchise. So she's doing rather well for herself. Mr. Echo oh. is uh, Killer Croc in Suicide Squad. Okay. <laughs> uh, Daniel uh, Daniel Faraday. Uh, he pops up on a hundred different shows. He's he's been everywhere. That guy works. Jeremy Davies. Jeremy Davies uh, uh, has done a hundred episodes of everything. So he's uh, he's he's still working. Anyway, you you did not want this much information when you asked what these people. Yeah, were yeah, up yeah. To. I mean, like I'm fine with it. It was just one of those things that was just so shocking to me that like the show feels so foreign to like my world just because of how little seems to have blended over even to the point that I don't recognize these actors where right. it feels like again like the sh- it's one of those things where the show has so much good things about it that it's surprising and shocking to me that it hasn't touched my life in more ways than this sure yeah that you aren't sick to death of some of these actors because they've just been working nonstop, nonstop, nonstop since then. Um, And a lot of the writers have gone on to do great things. You know, uh, obviously Damon Lindelof made uh, The Leftovers and Watchmen on HBO and has written a bunch of movies. Uh, The co-creator Carlton Cuse has gone on to do a bunch of things. Like they, uh, a lot of the talent from this show is still uh, working steady, but it, uh, the, the cast has struggled somewhat unfortunately uh, yeah no um so i'm gonna close out all these imdbs i just opened up uh because i got really invested in like seeing like do i recognize any of them from anything because apparently i didn't realize kate was the wasp and even now like seeing both pictures side by side i still can't like register that you as can't true. see it yeah it's well still... they are like um a decade apart like she, she did age 10 years after lost Evangeline Lilly essentially retired. Uh, she was like, I don't really want to to do acting anymore. And then Peter Jackson, the director of the Lord of the Rings franchise, comes along and he's like, I want you to be in my Hobbit movies. And she's like, oh, damn, like the, the one thing I've always said about these fucking Hobbit movies is they need more chicks. And she's like, I can't turn that down. And then that basically leads right into being an Ant-Man. Yeah, Lost yeah. was a really fun ride. Uh, a lot of great characters. Any show that spans that length is going to have, and I can stop rambling because I remember why I wanted to discuss Kevin. Hey, uh, we brought up at the beginning of the show before we were on camera my thoughts about how this show. Well, you mentioned how this show is a cavalcade of bad parents, and I suggested there is one good set of parents in the entire show. Yes, because, and it's a lot of shows feature characters with bad parents that is not a new idea lost's great idea though is what if literally all of them had and were themselves bad parents i you mean can that run tracks. down every character of this show and look at their father figure and say yeesh but you say there is an exception yeah, and again, I would also say uh, that totally tracks for what Lost is attempting to do. We're like, hey, we grabbed all these broken people and brought them together. 
you know, the best, the quickest path to being a broken person is having bad parents. Um, it's it's the direct route. There are other ways yeah. to get there, but it is certainly you are starting at the 50-yard line. <laughs> yeah. If you have bad parents. My contenders for good parent is Hurley's mom. And then later his dad. I would agree with you with an asterisk. I think his mom is fine, but Lost's parent issues are even more specifically daddy issues. And though when his dad reappears in his life, he's actually pretty affable. It seems like he wants Hurley's money, but it ends up like he actually forms a bond with his son who he abandoned 20 years ago. Thus is my reason for uh, not wanting to full-on call him a good dad. All right. Because he did leave for 20-some-odd years. Then if we wish to adjust it to make it just uh, about dads, I submit Kate's father, the good general. The good general. He does rat her out to the authorities, which is tough. That's... He rats her out to the authorities after an hour head start, after she walked into a government building being a wanted criminal. Right. If you if you are grading on that scale, yes. Excluding, although Kate does have daddy issues because she does indeed blow up her, I believe, her, her biological father. I thought it was her it's, stepdad. It's her actual biological father who becomes her stepdad. I'm fairly certain. Going to the Lost Wiki. By the way, the Lost Wiki has some amazing polish on it. It's a, it's a well-maintained wiki. It's a good wiki. This, this has been a yet another backdoor pilot for our Wiki Watch, where we review various different fandoms' wikis. Now, the uh, Heroes Wiki was incredible, but for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Okay, nope, you're right, yeah. Yes, it was... It's her actual biological dad, but she was raised by the army general dad yeah but that is not her biological dad now i don't think biology is the most important part of being a parent you know i think too many shows want to say like have this idea that your birth parents are the ones who determine you which is untrue like if you're if they are your adoptive parents they are your parents but it's yeah. it's okay but yes it is her actual biological dad it's needlessly complicated it's too it's yeah. too mixed up but uh sergeant major sam austin only good dad in the show i by the incredibly sticky lost standards yes I, I don't think he's a bad dad in other standards as well. I know. I I just don't think you gotta call the cops on your 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 daughter. But she did kill a man and then walk into an army recruitment office. I get and it. it. And You're in a those, tough situation. Yeah. It's one of those things that that call did not result in her capture, and I think he knew that. I think like his options were okay. I can call my daughter. Oh, the cops on my daughter, or I can let this guy behind me who sees everything call him immediately. Sure. I like again, like I don't I think it was one of those like, hey, I gotta play the game, but here's the rules I'm playing by. You're free to go. 
like I think he did everything right in that situation. Sure. I can agree to those terms. You and I can make peace on this regard. Okay. Also, that- Desmond grows in to be a good dad. Desmond does become a good dad. He's he's brought back to the island really against his own will. Uh, so he does not knowingly leave his child, and all he wants is to get back to them. Because the kid's name is Charlie, right? Do I remember yeah, that correctly? He names his kid yes. Charlie. Uh, and he, yes, he wants nothing more than to get back to his kid. But it's against his will that he, uh, you know, and his immunity to electromagnetism, he is a good enough man to know, like, okay, I kind of have to take the cork out of it. Like, it has to, there's uh, no one else he, that can do it. In fact, it's not even that. He doesn't even, like, put, like, his family above nobility. It's when he has the vision about the future of numbing it matters. Yeah. That is when he agreed to it. Right. When he realized that he's going to be with them anyway, no matter what he does. Mm, that's true. Right. When he he sees the sideways timeline. When he inhabits exactly. his own body in heaven. Because Desmond is magic. All right. Well, it's implied from Daniel Faraday's notes that he's just dislodged from time. And that by being dislodged from time, because everything's real... That portion, that, like, afterlife area, which I'm not even sure if heaven's correct. I think it's more of a, like, a reincarnation keep passing through cycle is more accurate. I've always seen it as a purgatorial uh, holding pattern, but I don't truly think it matters because at the end of the show, they all go to heaven. It does, like, or, you know, some equivalent. they, They all move on. I don't think it's that they pass through i think they move on to the next stage and like i think even like uh christian shepherd even says that they're all moving on to the next part yeah i assume the next part is in the same way that gandalf refers to death as the next part of the journey i think it is you are moving on to a better place quote unquote and you can we can sit here and debate all day whether heaven counts as life you know whether or not moving on to essentially a heaven plane is the next step of life but we're basically saying the same thing i just don't they're not they're not reincarnated in the hindu sense is not in the hindu sense but i this show pulls from a lot of different religions and kind of establishes its own like afterlife variant like this is what like the afterlife is honestly even though they show up at that church christian is standing in front of a stained glass mirror that has a yeah. cross, a star of David, the, you know, it's basically a coexist bumper sticker in a stained glass panel. Exactly. And, and when asked, like, why are we here? Because this is where you're going to have your dad's funeral. Like, this is where your dad is waiting for you because he's going to be part of you're moving on. You're, we're meeting here because this is where you put uh, one of the people that moves on with us. Yeah. It, um, um, it, it appears to Jack in a form that he would understand. You know, it it, exactly. it doesn't actually matter that it is a Christian church. What matters is that this is how he can see it. But here's the reason why I think they move on to another plane, or, like, they keep cycling through, because of what Desmond says about Anna Lucia. During the thing where Desmond's... Charlie gives them, and Desmond goes around, like, giving everyone their memories back so that they're all on the same page. Uh, Hugo asks about Anna Lucia. It's like, ah, oh, no, she's not ready yet. He's 
clipping through forward again, he knows that she will eventually be ready. Otherwise, there's no excuse for him not to attempt to try making her ready. Yeah, I... He sees beyond the flash forward. Right. And in my head, beyond the flash forward is a heaven state as opposed to a purgatorial state. But I think we're mostly arguing semantics here. Because if I remember correctly, Ben also does not go into the church to um, to ascend. Because maybe he doesn't feel as if he has, in this plane, atoned for his actions in the past life. So he's going to stick around, be with Rousseau and be a father to Alex in this plane, and then when that has reached its conclusion, then he will move on. I I think you got it half right. I don't think it's about atoning. I think it's just about being with Alex. Or now, yeah, now he gets to live a life, now that he's not serving a a real bastard that lives in a foot, he can have a family life. Now that he wasn't born on an island to a monster named Roger that drives a van. But either way, I I think you're right about it somewhat being semantics, and we can go on and on for days about that. And we will. But Desmond, all of those things that have happened and will happen, even if it's a heaven or something else, it is still within Desmond's view of his time disassociation and he he sees that he knows what's next and that's part of it it's desmond uh finally got convinced of what to do when the electromagnetic field basically forced his disassociation into the future the flash sideways and then he was like okay well then penny and charlie are gonna be fine I can go ahead and do this for Mr. Widmore. Yeah, I can. I Okay. Yeah, yes. So Desmond, good dad. Desmond, good dad. Jin, in theory, good Jin. dad, better husband. <laughs> Jin, good husband. Jin never got a chance to be a dad. Right. I think he could have been a good dad, but he I'm chose so sure to be a that. great husband. You don't think he could have been? He didn't even have, like, the potential energy to No, be? no. Like, the, the thing is, I love Jin. Great guy. But Jin has a bit of a temper. Yeah. Jin's very controlling. He's working through it, but, you know, parenting often brings out those worst tendencies. In the same way that you can see Jack's distance and lack of committing affecting his relationship with his son, I think you'd see Jin's kind of hiccups and hurdles interviewing with his son. Not to say that he can't be a good dad. I just don't believe that Jin would automatically be a good dad. I think Jin has a lot of maturing and working through those problems before he's ready to be a good dad. Okay. I understand. And maybe the stress of parenthood would not activate those better parts of him. He needs some time to to work through some things. Um, Okay. I think without the island, Michael could have been a good dad. I think the island ruined Michael's chance to be a good dad. I think in a completely different set of circumstances... Michael could have been a good dad. The Michael yeah. who is around when Walt is born was a great dad. And then yeah. there was a 10-year gap where he didn't he where he had essentially unwritten this child from his mind and then it is thrust back upon him when he feels he has adjusted to life without a child 
and this kid doesn't know who he is. Uh, yeah, he's working under some tough circumstances. He takes on yeah. a kid who's like, mom just died. Like, it's the deck is stacked against, and then he crashes on a fucking monster island. The deck yeah. is stacked against Yeah, and then he has him. to deal with Vincent. Ah, oh, the, the worst character. <laughs> the biggest burden. We all hate Vincent. Ethan's parents were apparently pretty good. I mean, the they must have been. Ethan turned out all right. Yeah, what a great, what a great, what a great guy. Kidnapping pregnant women, hanging Charlie from a tree, uh, yeah, facilitating yeah, the kidnapping Ethan. of Juliet. Great guy, great guy, Ethan. We we stand. For, for perfect character. <laughs> for, uh, no notes. A blemish, no notes. <laughs> blemishless human being. No notes. Great guy. You, you know, a plus. Move on. I think if I think if Locke ever had a kid, he'd be a great dad. I think he could be. I think Locke is a real, I'm going to play catch, you know, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to teach this kid life skills and like how to hunt, but I'm not going to force them to do it. I'm going to like nurture this part of them. The few characters that Locke has taken on a parental guiding force for did very well under it. He was good to Walt for a while when he was sort of that uh, figure to Walt. Good for Jack. Good for Boone. Yeah, well, good for Boone good. up until a point. Okay, fair And that enough. point was a big plane um, falling out I mean, of the sky. I mean, a you, plane that, of course, you... we all know Nikki and Paolo found first. Yeah. I also want to throw this down as well. Even with Boone, like, Boone was at peace when he died. And then later on, like, Boone visited him in, like, his dream state, kind of explaining things. Where, like, I feel like Boone got the lessons Jack tried imparting. Yeah. It did very well with that. Boone, who just wanted so hard to be Jack and and just could never do it. Yeah. And he comes back to John and he's like, It's okay, man. I'm 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 cool. I get to I get to live in heaven. It's sick, dude. Uh that police officer that wanted to uh bust the uh, weed operation. John was a great father figure to him. <laughs> well, he did you know, he seemed to care for him. He 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 yeah. from John's perspective. He took him in, he fed him, he gave him shelter, you know. From John's perspective, he was doing a pretty good uh, pretty good job. Yeah. Lost. John, John tried his best What there. a good show. There are times where I'm just sitting on my couch, you know, on this long rewatch of Lost, and I watch, like, Expose, the Nikki and Paolo episode, and I go, this is a really good show. This is a show that I like a lot. What a good... I watch the... Hurley just rebuilt the van, and I'm like... This is a great show. Yeah. This is a good uh, fucking TV yeah. show. Minus his alcoholism, Christian Shepard could have been a good dad. He was a good dad till the alcoholism. Sure. And then he became a terrible, miserable dad. <laughs> who, who, like alcoholism tends to yeah, do. absolutely. That uh, ruined his son's psyche <laughs> irreparably. Just made Jack the most difficult person in the world to be around. Um, with the exception of hating Desmond... Widmore was an all right dad for the most part. Uh, to Penny, not not Faraday. Penny, yeah, not definitely not <laughs> Faraday. But Penny also hates her dad, so there must be something I, going on there. I don't think she hated him until how she, he treated Desmond. I think she was like, "Fuck what my dad thinks." Before, well, I guess we only know Penny's relationship to her dad from Desmond's perspective. So. I guess, yeah. uh, up for interpretation, I suppose. And, I mean, I, and to be fair, this army drop-off who, like, got kicked out of the army dishonorably... For being a coward, uh, quote-unquote. Yeah, 
for for being a coward. TV needs more uh, characters who are cowards. I need more people yeah. who are their their great I mean, flaws. They're fucking scary coward. When they he like did, they got captured by the others. That was such a great moment where like Jin's about to get his head blown off, and so it's like. And Jin and Sia are like, yeah, don't tell him anything. Bernard's like, here's everything you want to know. Please don't kill the person next to me. Like, good call, Bernard. Very reasonable decision. Yeah, I mean, a pretty, a pretty uh, uh, good coward. You know, you could do a lot worse yeah. than Bernard. Bernard's heart is in the right place. Uh, yeah, one could like, say. I think he followed his he followed his wife's advice. He's not Rambo. <laughs> yes. Oh man, I love Rose and Bernard. They they their their usefulness comes to an end, but. I love them. Jin's father. Jin, oh, Jin's fisherman dad. Yeah, yeah. The characters. Jin's the bad son. The character. Jin's dad's great. The characters that have okay dads always must have a bad father figure that they are privy to. They must always have issues with someone's dad. Uh, so yeah. Jin gets son's dad, who's terrible. That's fair. That's fair. Obviously, but there's a rule. There, you must always be in close proximity to a bad dad. Of some stripe. You, you must have a bad dad within spitting distance. Exactly. Uh, a bad dad must cause pain upon you, no matter what whose dad it might be. Uh, Miles' dad turned out to be good, even though Miles didn't know that. Yeah, Pierre, Pierre Chang seems to be like an okay guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cared about his family, made a sacrifice to protect them. Miles never got that, but like that's fine. Yeah, because he never, he never knew his dad because... <laughs> His his uh, his dad did not make it out of the Dharma Initiative. A okay, yeah. that's okay. You know, sometimes sometimes you get to have a dad. Sometimes they die in the Dharma Initiative. It just happens that it way. Happens sometimes. to the best of us. Happens to the best of us. I think Charlie and Claire could have been good parents to Aaron. I think so as well. Um... As good, not not like exceptional parents, but like good parents. I, I, I think they I think they would have been good parents. Um, my my big concern is and something that like I love Claire, but her introduction like her like character arc was she went and saw an uh, astrolog uh, astrologist a psychic. <laughs> yeah, like and it was one of those things like later on the show established like oh no psychics are real, um, but it was one of those weird setups like okay so this is that's the type of character she is and. Yeah, uh, uh, Claire is, again, a character who sort of sticks around past her usefulness. And yeah, then like, one and, day she walks off into the jungle and we don't see her for an entire season. Yeah, and then she comes but back. she comes with, back awesome. Yeah, she comes back as a cool, crazy <laughs> jungle woman. Yeah. They like, took my baby. Just, yeah. It's like all I had. It's all. Just this weird baby doll she made. All I had was my baby. Uh, so, uh, I feel like we're sort of naturally coming to, to the end of our conversation yeah. here, and I think two hours is appropriate. Uh, I am, of course, after this community show, there's gonna be a Lost show at some point. I just, I have too much love in my heart for Lost, and I just want to talk about it for a hundred hours, so that's gonna happen at some point. But, uh, uh, thank you for joining me on this, uh, bonus episode. Do you want to sneak in any plugs here at the end? This will probably come out uh, in a yeah. few weeks. Sounds good. Well, then I'm gonna plug my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Kelly Herald. Uh, I stream fairly regularly now. I actually finally got into a good swing of things there. Uh, also Kelly Herald on YouTube. I'll post, uh, Twitch highlights 
and uh, probably some full VODs of some other series uh, there as well for your viewing pleasure. And I'll go ahead and call this shot. Kevin, these episodes usually come out on Wednesday, right? Um, these episodes of uh, what? Well, this is going in your main feed, or is this like a bonus episode? This is going as a bonus in the community feed. So community episodes come out on Thursday. This will come out. I mean, essentially, this will come out whenever I get it done in the near future. Got it. Well, then I am going to, because I want to, I'm planning on doing the stream of the Lost game, Lost via Domus. Yes. Uh, But I am going to be streaming that. Uh, I'll do it the Saturday this this episode comes out. Okay. So, Kevin, just give me a heads up whenever this is about to release. Uh Uh-huh. And that Saturday, I will be streaming Lost via Domus. Oh, I'm so So, if you're listening to this, the week it comes out, check me out on twitch.tv slash kellyherald and check out that stream. Oh, that is... I have nothing more to look forward to than that. That is exceptional. Um, great. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for joining me. You you stuck it through. Lost. Uh, undeniably one of the most important and seminal pieces of American television ever. There is no Walking Dead or Game of Thrones without Lost. This level of serialization and mystery on a television show. Uh, also, like, the Lost, like when watching like the ending gave me a lot of good place vibes a lot of good place vibes i feel like they definitely uh the the good place perhaps more smoothly segues into these same ideas but it certainly feels reminiscent it it plays with afterlife religion magic science and spirituality in a way that's respectful for any of your preconceived notions and beliefs yeah It plays with things like Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, and all these other religions and lifestyles and belief systems. And it doesn't belittle you for having any of them. And it, like, if you have a knowledge of those, it even, like, rewards you for that level of understanding. Yeah. I like that. All right. And uh, we will uh, wrap it up here, but I think the end of this episode we have conclusively proven that lost was good and everyone's wrong (laughs) lost was good everyone's wrong if you didn't understand it watch it again and pay attention this time pay attention this time and you know what start over from the beginning do it do it peace i don't know how you sign these off we're gonna put in that like sound effect at the end of lost where it's like Don't give it to you. Fuck way for you to get it on your own. X gon' deliver to you. Knock, knock, open up the door and spill. With the non-stop pop out and stainless steel. Go hard getting busy with it. But I got such a good heart that I make a motherfucker wonder if you did. Damn right, and I do it again. Cause I am like so I got to win. Break bread with the enemy. No matter how many cats I break bread with, I break who you sending me. You motherfuckers never want to know what your life say. Bitch, and that's on a light day. I'm getting down. Your stare was holding red sheen skin was showing. Bitch, please. The only thing you can't steal was came out the plate. Stay out my way, motherfucker. Rock, do we gonna fall? Do we let it pop? Don't let it go. X gon' give it to you. He gon' give it to you. X gon' give it to you. He gon' give it to you. Do we gonna rock? Do we gonna fall? Do we let it pop? Don't let it go. X gon' give it to you. He gon' give it to you. X gon' give it to you. Don't let it go.
This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show.